You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. So hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Marcy Davis, and I want to introduce you to my co-host, who's my service dog, Whistle, who's a yellow lab that is laying right now at my feet as we speak. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about one of our favorite subjects, which is working animals. You know, we're familiar with animals as pets, but our show, Working Like Dogs, talks about animals as they contribute to everyday lives, and that's what we want to talk about. And today, we're thrilled to have with us Joe White from Florida, and Joe's going to be joining us to talk about a campaign he's launched in Florida to recognize and honor military dogs. And Joe has extensive knowledge about military dogs, and he's going to share his experiences with us today as a dog handler, and he's also going to talk to us about an exciting new initiative he and Governor Charlie Crist of Florida are working on to honor military dogs. So we'll be right back with Joe White to talk about these exciting things in just a moment. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. And today we have Joe White, who is an experienced dog handler and an expert in military dogs that's going to talk to us about his experiences and about a wonderful campaign that he has embarked on in Florida to honor military dogs. So, hello, Joe, and thank you for joining us. Well, hello, Marcin. Oh, God, you put the pressure on with the expert. I will know if I'm an expert. I have, you know... It's probably easy to say that because people out there generally don't know a lot about dogs that were in the military anyway, so I guess I have an advantage just knowing anything. 
Absolutely, and we want to hear about it. So tell us, how did, how did Dogs in the Military come about? Well, let me first thank my mayor, Mayor Payton, because he's kind of opened the door for us. He declared last year, March 13th, as Canine Veterans Day. That has now led to our governor doing the same this year. And quite frankly, if it were not for those two guys doing this, we would probably not be having this conversation. So I, I truly need to thank them. I got drafted during the Vietnam War. I didn't really want to go, but, you know, they drafted me, so I went. I ended up with the 101st Airborne Division, part of the Army. And I became what was called a point man. Literally, you're the guy that goes first. And so that's what I did. And about four or five months into doing that, a little voice got in my head, and it was telling me, Joe, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. And I... I just, like, trusted it. I don't know why, and I began to search ways to get out. And along the way, we used what was called a scout dog team. The first one I ever saw was really strange. It came down to us on a rope, and the guy, the handler, then repelled in behind the dog. I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, what wow. is this? This yeah. dog, you know, kind of flying through the air, coming down wow. to out in the jungle. And I'm like, and somebody thought, that's a scout dog team. They're going to go first. Like, well, I don't know about this, you know, some guy and a dog going in front of me, because by then I was kind of cocky of, you know, thinking I was good at what I did. <laughs> but so I went with it, and, and actually it would seem like a good idea to have that dog out in front. I thought, I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing this as if I was the dog. Wow. Now, literally, by going first. That's right. And so one thing led to another, and one time when we used dogs again, I asked one of the handlers, I said, well, you guys have any openings? And he's like, well, yeah, nobody wants to do this job. I said, well, I'm doing that job already. I'm just not yeah, doing it with the dog, you know. Without a canine partner, yes. Yeah, exactly. So they went, when he got done, he went back in and he asked uh, his commander, and they were all for it. And eventually I got transferred into the dogs and became a dog handler with a dog who was already over there, was changing handlers. The dog stayed. The handler went home. A, an all-black German shepherd named Ebony. So that's how I got into the docks. And then, lo and behold, on the 4th of July, 1970, the guy who took my place died in an ambush. So it's like that little voice told me. And strangely enough, this is really a strange story. Because when I got into that particular dog unit, they also supported my old unit as needed amongst a couple of other groups. On July the 3rd, they needed a dog. I was next on the list to be sent out. However, when they called for a dog team, that order got missent to another dog platoon, and their guy was out there. It's really strange. Wow. So when you became a dog handler, did you have to do any training, Joe? Or did uh, they just... <laughs> four, days, four days into it, so help me, I did my, first, my very first mission. Wow. They do this even with seasoned guys who have been through the schooling. They send a, a guy that's been there a while out with you to kind of look over your shoulder. Uh-huh. So that went on. And he had to okay. keep reminding me, actually, hey, pay attention to the dog, pay attention to the dog, because I was out there just walking point like... Normal. Right, the dog The dog knew more than you did. That's how I yeah. was when I got my first you know, service dog. That's <laughs> it. The dog literally yeah. was training me. The and dog I was training you. Yes. Yeah, I would see her looking back at me like, uh, are you watching me? And, you know, little by little, I learned to do that, but... Right, yeah, and was, to trust her. All but on the job. Of course, I had done it without the dog, so I, was, I could be trusted in that sense. Okay. What kind of training did Ebony have prior to being partnered with you? Do you know? 
Well, she had the normal obedience and that kind of training. And then uh, they did things like they did with me, actually. You set up a mock trail, something you know, to kind of duplicate what, what you're going to face. And they put decoys out. And they send you and the dog out, and they teach you to begin to read the dog. Mm-hmm. The very first mission I was on, the very first what's called an alert, when the dog throws up her ears and said there's something up there, the very first one of those I called. And I was very hesitant. You don't want to blow it. Right. When the, when the guys went and checked it out, they came back, and they were really kind of bummed with me and grumbled stuff about, well, it was just monkeys. What's wrong with this guy? And I just didn't know at the time the dog would alert different ways for animals than it would on humans and something I learned later. But it was so embarrassing. The very first one I called was on monkeys. <laughs> but you learned. Yeah, but that's I learned, great. yeah. And I like to yeah. think I became very good at it. Yeah. And the two of us became quite the team. And then it's sad because in that war you left the dogs behind. It's the only war where we ever did that. It's unfortunate. It'll never happen again. Yeah, thank goodness, yeah. So when I got back home and eventually I went to Washington, D.C., and I was at the Wall Memorial, mm-hmm. and they put the three soldiers up there, the thought came in my mind, wow, wouldn't it be neat if there was a dog out in front of the three soldiers looking yes. at the Yes, yeah. would be awesome part to it, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why. I failed English three years in a row in high school, but I had this urge to write a story about it. And Good for you. Behold, Dog World Magazine picked up the story. Oh. It went all over, and people were saying, oh, I cried when I read the story, And but don't forget we had dogs in other wars. And I'm like, we had dogs in other wars? I, I didn't know. And that's how I began my education, because all these people write me, well, dogs are this, and it just led to my wanting to learn more. Yeah. It's very interesting history. I yeah. Mean, different, different breeds have served, mixed breeds have served. They did all kinds of jobs. I know, it's amazing. Tell us a little bit about that, because when I was looking into our conversation today, I noticed that they had dogs back in the Revolutionary War. So can you tell us a little bit? You know, we've actually, dogs have always been a part of wars, Mm -hmm. including what you just said. Now, back then, they were primarily used as an early warning. They slept on the edges of the camp, you know, Mm -hmm. so you couldn't be probed at night, which is much like I did with my scout dog, even. You, You form a uh, circle, like they did even back with the wagons, and mm-hmm. the dog would be out on the perimeter as an early warning. Now, there was no official canine corps until March 13, 1942. Okay. However, we used dogs before that. In fact, a dog named Stubby in World War One became our first recognized canine hero, and he was a possibly a, a mixed breed, maybe pit bull dog. Ah, and he became so famous that he was made an official member of the American Legion, the Red Cross, and the YMCA. Led parades, yeah. got in hotels, the dogs weren't allowed in. <laughs> That's wonderful. But not until March 1342 did we officially have a canine corps. Hence, we want to make March 13th annually Canine Veterans Day to honor all the dogs of all our wars. I was going to say, so that's obviously why you selected March 13th, which was one of my questions, if that was a significant date, and it absolutely was. Yeah, you know, there are some people, and I don't, you know, this doesn't bother me, but there are humans who have a problem honoring animals the same day we honor humans, you know, on regular Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. So this totally separates it. It does, and really gives it the recognition it deserves. That's wonderful. 
And now because of 9-11, things have totally changed. The, uh, it used to be military dogs you'd think of that were in the military. Right. Well, now that the fight has come to our shores, now people like police canine, search and rescue canine, border patrol, customs, you name it, all these people are now literally on our front lines. Yes, yes. We're much more familiar with it because we see it on TV. We see it out when we're out, like you said, when we're at the airport, when we're in different places. And we're actually like, seeing these dogs. I like to think that they should be included in it. I mean, Absolutely. I there are people on my mailing list that had volunteer search and rescue dogs, and they were on the scene at Ground Zero and rescued some buried firemen. And they weren't part of the military, but they were in the fight. Right, right. Well, that is so wonderful. And so you said you started out in your local city. Yes. And your mayor Florida. Okay, and you did that last year? Last year, yeah. I just decided, let's see if the city wants to wear a, a military town. We have Navy bases and Marine bases and things like that here. Mm-hmm. And we're very pro-veteran. So I said, why not see if the city you know, will make such a declaration here locally? And they jumped right on it. Oh, that's wonderful. And, then, and- of course, that opened the door to the governor doing it this year. Right, and did you write the governor a letter? Yeah, I actually contacted them, and I've been helping them put the thing together. And it was officially signed, actually, two days ago. They wrote me oh. and told me. They oh, that's wonderful. Hard copy. Yeah, it's kind of cool. This is going to catch on now around the country, and it already mm-hmm. is beginning to do that. Well, I know when I heard about it, I thought it was a wonderful opportunity for not only for the veterans but like you said for the dogs to really give them some recognition for the work that they're doing every day to save lives and change lives because it sounds like it it really your dog ebony really changed your life oh absolutely to this day i mean yeah i once wrote a book ebony and white and I'm, i'm proud to say that betty white the actress did the forward for that book and The last chapter I called The Final Mission, and it was the mission to honor the dogs because of her. So this is still part of that mission. In this day of negative press about dogs, gosh, this is really something positive. It is. And you know, in World War II, in World War II, that was kind of an interesting time. Some 20,000 dogs were recruited back then, not all of them went. All kinds of breeds, 32 breeds, mixed breeds, all these things. And almost every single one of them was somebody's pet. Back then, you volunteered your dog to the war, and when the war was over, you got your dog back. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of a neat story. That's really neat. I never knew that. What a sacrifice. Wow, yeah. There's really some great stories out there. Even Yorkies were heroes back then. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Joe, and we were going to come back in just a minute, and we want to hear more about these stories and the different types of dogs that have been used in military dogs. So please stay with us. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back after just one moment. You're with Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Human? What planet am 
Jeremiah. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Joe White from Florida about military dogs today. And Joe is sharing with us about an exciting campaign he's launched in Florida, declaring March 13th as Military Dog Day to honor those dogs that have served in our military. So welcome back, Joe. Glad to be here, Marcy. And let me clarify that this is not just military dogs. I don't, you know, that's really where it began, but because of 9-11, there are search and rescue dogs and canines that work for the fire department, police. All these dogs are going to be part of this campaign because they're part of the war, so to speak. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're really talking about a, a huge number of dogs then that will be recognized. Yeah, yeah oh, I actually so- envision this as growing year by year. Maybe, you know, for example, the German Shepherd Dog Club of America has now come on board, and they might ultimately put on the Canine Memorial Cup or something. And- oh, that's great. So it's really all dogs in uniform then. Yeah, all dogs <laughs> that are serving. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very broad. Yeah, that's fine great. with me. <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, we were talking before the break about different types of dogs that have been used for service over the years. So would you share some of your knowledge and experience about that, Joe? Well, I tell stories in my dog training classes. I teach through the local schools at night, and I always tell war dog stories. And one of them I tell was actually made into a movie by Disney, and I'd love to get another copy of this. It was called Chips the War Dog. This is a great Disney movie that, in essence, shows you how the Canine Corps was born, and it follows the service of a real-life dog that was volunteered. Chips was a mixed-breed dog, Collie and maybe Shepherd or something, and he was one of these dogs in upstate Pennsylvania that got in trouble a lot. He would he loved to go <laughs> next door and chase this lady's chickens around. You know, great <laughs> entertainment for a dog. Of course, she'd get angry, and she'd call the dog catcher and, 
Chips would get in trouble, and they'd put him in another room, and he would paw the doorknob, and he'd get out that way. Oh. And then they put him in an upstairs room, and he nudged the window open and jumped on a little roof, and he got in big trouble. Well, you know, back then, people would routinely go to town on Saturday, and if there was a movie playing, everybody went to the movies. And in the movies back then, you routinely had what was called movie tone news. It was news of the day, black and white footage, and back then right. it was the war. Right. And there was an ad on there for what was called Dogs for Defense. And that was a bunch of dog lovers, perhaps like you and I, who banded together to help recruit dogs for the military back then. And they were looking for recruits. And the family had a discussion about it. And they're like, well, it's better than letting Chips go to jail. <laughs> you know, we'll oh. volunteer him. Oh. So, so Chips the War Dog, the movie follows him uh, uh-huh. through his training and how the Canine Corps almost didn't happen, actually. And then... It shows Chips, he became a hero in the liberation of Sicily. He broke away from his handler, something he wasn't trained to do, and captured a couple of Germans in a machine gun nest. Wow. He so famous that General Eisenhower heard about him and went out of his way to go visit this dog. I have a picture of this at home because, of course, he had an entourage everywhere. And he did something a lot of people are guilty of. He walked right up to this dog and started to pet him on the head, and the dog <laughs> nipped at his hand. Yeah. Probably the only recorded instance of a private biting a general and getting away with, but the general was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Chips was a hero. He um, he used to check for mines when they had the secret meetings of Churchill and Eisenhower and others. He, too, became a hero and led parades when he came home. You know, when the movie came out, an interesting thing happened. My phone rang one day. And a sweet little old lady's voice on the other end is like, is this Joe at the War Dog Memorial? And I'm like, yeah. She said, well, have you seen Chips the War Dog? And I'm like, yeah, that's a really good movie. Well, those are my chickens. Oh. <laughs> so that lady called my house. Now she's so proud, you know. Oh, yeah. But see, that just goes to show how many people can really be touched and impacted yeah. by working dogs. That's really they're amazing. stories, you know, because they're a weapon that doesn't take life. They're a weapon that saves life. That's right. And That's so, right. You know, there's a Yorkie that was a, a hero even in World War II. Really? Yeah, on one of the Pacific Islands, you know, those little islands, it's almost all coral. But it's big enough for a little airstrip. Uh-huh. Important, important little islands. Well, on one particular item, it was so bad, they strung all their communication wires right on top of the ground. And when the Japanese would come by every day strafing with their machine guns, they would hit these wires and cut them. And it was a problem. They had no communication. And this went on and on until somebody remembered that when they did build the runway, an 8-inch culvert pipe ran under the whip of it. And if they could uh-huh. find it, uh-huh. maybe... This Yorkie that happened to be on the island, who happened to get exposed to what was called spool dog training. We had dogs that would string communication wires from us. You put a little spool on a harness, and they would take off. Well, somehow this Yorkie got exposed to that, and they wondered, you know, I wonder if he'd do it. And sure enough, then they made a spool for this dog, and he went in this little eight-inch dark culvert eight different times, (laughs) strung all their wire, never got the wires cut again. He became the hero of the island. Isn't that amazing? I'm always surprised and blown away by working dogs. And and like you just said, a little Yorkie. I mean, they all have such abilities, no matter what size, breed. It's always amazing what they can contribute. It's only to cheer people up. Oh, I know. I know. I routinely say having my dog was like having a piece of home there. I love that. 
I love that quote that you said. That's that's so true. And I know for me, having a service dog, just being able to look down at that dog by my side 24 hours a day is just such an incredible gift. They're going to give you a smile. That's right, no matter what. You know, in Vietnam, because when I was there, it was the anti-war days, even over there. And just for fun, we all of us just about taught our dogs this trick. You could say to your dog, would you rather be in the Army or be a dead dog? And the dog would play dead. <laughs> and it, was, it, was, you know, it was built around the word dead, you know, just build yeah. a sentence on to And I would get off of helicopters going on missions, and because I had all-black shepherd, people recognized the dog. Oh, beautiful. Isn't that that dog that doesn't like the Army? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, and I get her to do the trick, and guys would laugh and smile, you know, out where they really needed to laugh and smile. Yes, yes, I, yes. I used to call her the ambassador of smiles, you know. That's what I was going to say. What an ambassador. Yes. Yeah. You know, she that's was like the little USO show that went out there. Oh, that's so great. That's yes, so that's wonderful. Stuff. Which is why we want to do this. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. it's catching on. It's catching on all across the country. And this could be a really big year for this because next year, March 13th, falls on a Saturday, which makes for good planning ahead of time if people want to do something next year. It does. Well, do you have anything planned in Florida? Are you still working on that right now? To do this year, you mean? Uh Uh-huh. This year, there are people... See, this happened really fast. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't expect the governor to do it this quickly. I just kind (laughs) of went out on a limb. You got what you asked for. Yeah, I got what I asked for. Wasn't prepared. However, yeah. now here locally, thank God, the uh, local fire and rescue canine dog team mm-hmm. wants to help out, and they've kind of taken it under the wing to see if they can put something together this year. Oh, great! I'm more, I'm more the cheerleader. Yeah, you know, the guy that's out pushing it around. I don't have all those administrative skills and all that crap. Thank God that the German Shepherd Club has come along because they're going to help there. Oh, good. But, but it's bigger than them, you know, it's all yeah. kinds of dogs. And they know yeah. that, thank God, they're going to approach it that way. Yeah. Well, that's just wonderful. And like you said, you know, getting it started this year, and it will be something every year yeah. to look forward to. And each year it can build on from the year before. So yeah. that's, that's just... I'm headed with it, you know, to maybe get it into the schools. And, you know, I've got one uh, supporter putting together a coloring book. You know, those are helpful things. Yeah, those are wonderful. Well, if people want more information about this, Joe, how can they get more information? Go to our website, canineveteransday.org, canineveteransday.org. It's really easy. And you'll see immediately the one thing unique about this memorial. It doesn't cost any money. We just need a day. And if we can get the right congressman and get them to pass the bill, then we'll have our day. So we don't have a construction fund or anything. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way to doing that, which is really excited. And unfortunately, we're out of time. I could sit and listen to this all day and talk with you about these dogs. But I'd like to thank you so much for joining us and for our producers for making Working Like Dogs possible on Pet Life Radio. And we'll be checking out your website, Joe, and looking forward to hearing about the exciting things that you're doing in Florida and we hope across the country. Well, thank so, you very much for the opportunity. Great. Thank you. And until next time, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Thank you. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.